I'm Josie Brown, and this is Author Provocateur. Today, my guest is Jana McGregor, who writes Regency romances. Her Cavendish Heiresses series includes The Bad Luck Bride and The Bride Who Got Lucky. Yes, there is a matrimonial pattern here. In fact, the latest and third in the series, The Luck of the Bride, is being launched just in time for Barbara Vey 2018. Welcome, Jana. Thank you, Josie. I am so excited to be here, and I can't wait to talk with you. Good. That's going to be fun. Um, Now, Jana, I know you have a very interesting journey from a previous profession, the law, Mm -hmm. to being a published author. Tell me about it. Well, you know, it all starts out with my mother, and how many of us can thank our mother for our love of romance? Um, one day she, she was a school teacher. I just lost her not too long ago. And, uh. and, and she was, a, she was a school teacher. And in those days, there were a lot of secondhand bookstores and the grocery stores were just packed with romances. And every week, every Friday, the school teachers at her school would get together and they would exchange books and then she'd bring them home on the weekend And one day she brought home a Barbara Cartland and she gave it to me and said, do you want to try it? And I did. And I never looked back. Wow. And um, I've always, always loved reading Regencies or any type of historical romance. But I've got triplets. And when they were born, my free time just went to nothing. And it wasn't until... um, I dropped off my son at college and I was on my way back to the airport. And of course I was crying my eyes out because I didn't know anybody in Florida. And I, you know, he kind of had that puppy dog look when I left him. And so I had to have something to get my mind off of it. And I went into the Tampa bookshop at the airport and on the very bottom row there were just three or four romances and I found only one that was a regency and I picked it up and so I started just reading again voraciously (laughs) and yeah yeah it was an Eloisa James book and um well she will be proud to know that by the way oh it's yeah it's it's a a great story and from that I we started an email correspondence. And and one day she said to me, she goes, why don't you write a romance? And so I'd never really thought about it, but in, oh gosh, 2013, there was a a reader's convention here in Kansas City. And just out of the clear blue, I decided to attend. And within two months I had my book written. Of course, it was a very, very rough draft, first draft, because when Everybody starts. Nobody really knows how to Right, right. And also, you know, like you say, you start with a rough draft. At least you had a beginning, a middle, and an end. Exactly, exactly. But my law practice was, um, I I really enjoyed it. But, you know, I wanted to do something else. And so I was very fortunate. I got a contract with St. Martin's Press. Wow. So even though... I still practice. It's not very, very part-time. Right. But you'd rather be writing, I presume. Oh, yes. Yeah. You, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm totally in awe as to how many lawyers I know that end up writing. 
you know, I guess the most uh, celebrated is John Grisham, but there's so many. I mean, Robert Dagoni also was a lawyer who now writes full time. And, um, you know, uh, I, I know at least a couple others. So I, I think that that's an interesting path. I think that uh, because there's so much that you have to study in law and with you writing regencies, I would imagine there's a lot of research in that as well. Exactly. And I've got a lot of law books, um, English law books, uh, during that time. So I can get all sorts of story ideas from that. I think it's not that far-fetched for an attorney or a lawyer to write a book because we're used to writing every day. And it's a very formalistic type of writing. And I think that if you if you take a look at that and, and what it takes to make a novel or, or fiction, uh, piece of work, you can see the similarities. Right, so, right. I, I, I get what you're talking about. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's wonderful that um, you picked up on that probably early in your writing career as well. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I want to talk to you a bit about the uh, Cavendish Heiresses series. I'm very happy to see that you're going to have a book like right there, right at the almost almost on the on uh, the weekend of Barbara Bay. And um, the thing that I I um, enjoy about your series is the way your well the first two books dealt with the heiresses, but it looks like the third book is going to deal with the heir, the Cavendish heir, and that I think that's a great little twist. It. It is, but the but the girl that he ends up with, our, the heroine of the story, is an heiress in her own right. So if the hero and the heroine get together, you know, it's not that far of a stretch to think that she's an heiress too. <laughs> right, but I would... <laughs> I have a chimeras. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't think about that, but you're yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, to me, it was it's great that you're, you're kind of flipping the gender on the reader, saying... Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, let's see how somebody snags him, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it, it's not really a snag. It's sort of a, you know, cross purposes kind of uh, marriage here. And um, I was wondering how how have you come up with each story in the series? And um, I like the fact that marriage is the bottom line here, which I think with Regencies, that's always the case. But you have a very good twist on that. Oh, thank you so much. That's very sweet. Seriously, I I will go through and and I will pick somebody historically. um, And I'll I'll read their biography, find out what's happened in their life, and then I'll be able to twist that story. Um, The very first book, The Bad Luck Bride, was actually... And I can't remember the gal's name off, off the top of my head. But I can tell you that it was like great, 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 great grandmother of Elizabeth II. Wow. Um, and, and she was an heiress in, in her own right. And I mean, her wealth was just astounding, like 800,000 pounds. I mean, just something that wouldn't even click nowadays. But she had actually... Um, been tricked into marrying a man that that really was horrible and so I just took that concept and twisted it put it on its head and like maybe she was like my heroine in the first book Claire Cavisham 
she was tricked into marriage, but the guy that tricked her really is a good guy. He just had bad reasons at the very beginning. Unlike Elizabeth II's (laughs) poor, poor, uh, you know, (laughs) poor ancestor. Exactly. Exactly. Boy, that's always, um, I'm, I'm glad that you have been steeping yourself into the stories of others, which I feel is always fascinating. Like mm-hmm. when you walk through um, a historical home or you see a portrait and then you, you're wondering, who's that person behind the portrait? And then when you read their story, it's like, oh my God, mm-hmm. you know, they've, they've lived quite a journey. Well, it, exactly. And in, in the second book, I'll, I'll tell you the inspiration for that. And I, I, I was just astounded when I found this out. Um, it's uh, based upon the, the writings of an English philosopher, Jeremy Bentham. He was a huge feminist back then, huge feminist, and thought that women should be allowed to divorce and to get the right to vote. I mean, these were unheard of concepts back in the Regency and I just found a series of his letters and a dissertation that had been written. And that was that was the inspiration for the for the second book. That's that I love that. I love the fact that that you can find these little threads and build them into real people again. Mm-hmm. That's truly that's truly an art. Oh, well, thank you so much. That's very sweet. So is this uh is this your first Barbara Vey event? Actually. No, I attended as a reader way back in, I think it was 2014, 2015. And were you impressed with the oh. rabid crowds and the um, wonderful, voracious readers and, and how the authors interact with them? Oh, I had the best time. Seriously, I did. My sister lives in Chicago. And so... Oh, a hop, I, skip, and a jump. Exactly. And I stayed up one night and bought tickets as soon as they became available. And when I walked in, I mean, there were just wall-to-wall people. And you would bump into an author, and then you'd bump into a reader, and there were just like these mounds of books. And the lunch was was just wonderful. Oh, I, the tables are incredible. They are. And and just the speaker and the, the camaraderie and, and you know, I made a lot of friends at that event. And you're going to make so many fun. new ones at this event? No, I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait. Really, it's one of my favorite events of the year. Good, good. Well, I want to thank you for talking with us. And I'm hoping that everybody picks up not only your new book, if it's available, or that they put it on their must-read list, but that they already have your first two books, which I presume will be there for people to buy. Exactly. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Jana. (laughs) Always. Thank you, Josie. Want to hear more about the authors who will be attending the Barbara Bay Reader Appreciation Weekend? Just go to my website, authorprovocateur.com, and click on to the other interviews. You'll also find them on the event's Facebook page. And beneath each interview... Feel free to leave a comment about your favorite part of it. Doing so puts you in the running for a bundle of the author's books. Listeners can leave one comment per author to be entered for the drawing. This is Josie Brown of Author Provocateur, signing off.